0: and I look how to solve that problem and I can pretty much bet that if I'm having the problem most people in this industry would also be having the same problem. Mm -hmm.
1: This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high-level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand, October 26, 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us, ASAP at TheEntrepreneurHouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Imagine being a firefighter and growing a business online to seven figures in just four years. Today's guest did just that. Lee Pennington is the founder of Lead7, DropMock, and currently releasing an initial coin offering for a cryptocurrency. And guess what? Lee finally just quit his firefighting gig. After nearly four years of 100 hour weeks balancing fighting fires, building multiple businesses, and being a family man, Lee decided to recently retire and go full-time as an entrepreneur. On the show, he offers some great tips on building a high-quality remote team and some incredible strategies on hiring. Towards the end of the show, Lee also chats briefly about some incredible tips on networking. Something that's really exciting is Lee is releasing an initial coin offering for cryptocurrency based on time. You have to check out the video. We'll put it in the show notes. But this is an exciting episode with a phenomenal entrepreneur. And without further ado, let's welcome Lee to the show. And listeners, today we have Lee Pennington on the podcast. How are you today, Lee? I'm very good, Lee. I'm very good, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for having me. First blip straight away. (laughs) That's okay. It makes it fun. (laughs) Well, welcome to the show, Lee. We're really glad to have you. And I've been learning a lot about you in the past few minutes just before the show. And I'm really impressed at some of the things that you've accomplished in your life and the type of lifestyle that you've lived over the past four years or so. And so we're going to get into you and I'm going to give you the mic and let Do you just let the listeners know who you are and where you come from and your story? And then we'll kind of jump into the details a little bit further and ask you some of the questions that helped you get to the position that you are today.
0: Yeah, okay. So um, let me start about four years ago when, um, first of all, my name is Lee Pennington. I I live in the UK, a small place called Chorley, not too far from from Manchester, married uh, and two children. Um, And about four years, um, I kind of put in those magic search terms on, on the internet, how to make money online, uh, and was kind of blown away with with all the possibilities of all the opportunities out there. Um, at that time, I was a full-time firefighter, I'm actually a crew manager in the fire service, and through my spare time, started to kind of study internet marketing, email marketing, video marketing, uh, and probably like a lot of people out there, bought a lot of products that I, I never did anything with. I actually then actually went into a course about Facebook marketing, um, started to do Facebook ads and got extremely good at it to the point that I started to become um, an affiliate marketer and promote other people's products and, and services online primarily through Facebook ads and, and did pretty pretty well with that. Um, the balance of being able to do that with a full-time income as you know, this is kind of a part-time income really worked work well for me at that present time and that ultimately led me into actually creating um, a digital product which was showing people how to run facebook ads and how to make sales and commissions from other people's products that then led me into um, software development and i actually built a team um, and was able to actually take that team and and launch software at a pretty rapid rate probably about every eight weeks eight to ten weeks we were able to Um, Come up with a concept of an idea and actually get it to a development stage and get it to a point where we could actually launch that software uh, and then have other affiliates promote that for us. Up until about 15 months ago, the business model changed. And uh, uh, what what was the real change? The real change was that I didn't like jumping from one thing to to the other. Um, And I also wanted more consistency and I also wanted the team to kind of really understand the direction that we were going in and also the customers and, and the community that we were building also build that much greater than, than what we had been by product launch after product launch. So the business model changed where we actually created or we developed Dropmock, which is our flagship product. And just solely focusing on one product actually allowed us to take that to you know a completely different level as what we would have been able to do if we were jumping from from one thing to the next. Um, We've been able to build that massively. We've been able to improve the platform and that ultimately has allowed us to also kind of invest in in other businesses, online businesses, um, and also start to look at other ventures um, away from just the the, the product launching and the cycle that we are in. Um, Two months ago, I actually quit the fire service. So I'm actually full time now. And at the beginning, or should I say for the first two, three years, that was a bit of a struggle. Um, you know, I can honestly say that I don't think that I've done less than a hundred hour a week um, over the last three years, and that's primarily due to the fact that I was doing two jobs. And that's kind of led us up to the today, and you know, where we're at now, and yeah, happy to kind of go into more detail with, with any that part that I've just mentioned there. It's an
1: incredible story. Um, I'm completely impressed that you've built what you have. And for the listeners, Lee has multiple businesses, and he's investing in businesses, and he's built a remote team that's really all over the world while he was a firefighter. And like he mentioned, working 100-hour weeks for almost four years. So congratulations on retiring from firefighting. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. And stepping in even full-time into the business world. So he has... DropMock.com and then Lead7.com, which are both very successful businesses. And then you're venturing into – you just invested into a business, right? And you're getting ready to do uh,
0: an not, not actually investing in a business. We're actually launching an ICO, um, which is an initial coin offering. Um, so anyone who's familiar with the, the crypto space or cryptocurrency, um, they will kind of uh, want to definitely take a take a look at that. Um, and we're actually launching an ICO, which is Chronologic, um, and that's going to be coming out about the 10th of August. Um, and, yeah, that is where we've been able to take the our marketing skills and, and build them into um, what we're launching via the digital age in, in the cryptocurrency. Um, and that's a very exciting, very exciting project that we we have gone into. And I would never have been able to get to this point if I hadn't done everything else leading up to it. So yeah, it, it is fun times. It, it's busy. Okay, well, that's the way that I like it, kind of a workaholic. Um, but you, I'm, I'm sure you'll agree, Chris, you know, the, the more that you start to be around this, this type of industry, the more doors that are open, yeah. the more people you network with the more opportunities that are, are kind of you know given to you and that's why it's such an exciting time if you go back to the fire service even though i love being a firefighter we kind of knew on a daily basis what we were going to do for sure we got we got called out to fires and in emergencies but it's, it's something that is i want to say monotonous because the fire service was a really fun um, industry to be in but if you're working at that nine to five or eight to six whatever you're doing it, it is a daily struggle, and it is that rat race that uh, the, the, the internet marketing world just doesn't have. You know, you really are in charge of your own destiny, and that's why I think it's such an amazing opportunity for anybody to go into.
1: It, it pays a little better too, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Life does
0: get a little bit easier that way.
1: So you're you're going into the cryptocurrency space. What's your prediction over the next five to ten years with cryptocurrencies?
0: Yeah, and, and, and again, you know, I think you've got a kind of a Marmite audience here, haven't you? When, when you talk about cryptocurrency, they either love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm a big believer in the technology. You know, I'm, I'm an investor in Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, you know, and obviously, you know, we're doing ICO. Uh, and I see it kind of growing substantially. I, I could never, ever put um, a kind of figure on it. Um, and you would need like to look at people who are, you know, seeing ten thousand dollars a coin, half a million dollars a, a coin. But I do see that it is as a massive shift. I was only in Amsterdam last weekend doing shooting for the ICO, um, and we were speaking to the taxi driver, and I asked them, you know, if they knew what Bitcoin was, and and they did, you know, and and that's the the, the point of it. Now everybody knows about it, and you know, to be such a worldwide dominant talking point. You know, you only need to look at social media and the impact that it has on there with people who are investing in it, who are, you know, kind of new to to this kind of, um, let's say, crypto space, that it isn't going anywhere fast. And the technology behind it is going to make things a lot easier. You know, when you talk about the blockchain, you know, I don't want to kind of bore people too much. But yeah, like most things, uh, we're evolving. Uh, and I believe that anybody now should at least try to get their hands or invest in at least one coin just one coin even half a coin okay and and use it that as as um, a long game of what will actually happen with it and use that investment as something that is going to be a, a long-term investment and not kind of looking to trade it as such
1: i agree and and as of today do you know what the price of a bitcoin is it's
0: about two thousand three hundred dollars i mean the sliding scale it, it is very unstable okay you know you, you look yesterday, I think it went down to about $1,900, and then uh, a few weeks ago, it's up to $3,000. But we've never seen a drop to, let's say, below $1,500 for you know, the last few months at, at least. And we've got a big event coming up on August the 1st, uh, and I feel that once that has settled down, then we're going to see massive gains as well um, in those types of coins.
1: What was the price earlier this year?
0: Um, earlier this year, it went up to $3,000. Okay. Over three thousand dollars. Yeah, I think it just went over the three thousand
1: dollar mark. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting times for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell us more about lead seven and drop what you guys have going on. Yeah,
0: um so so lead seven is actually my business name and, and that's when we when we launched any software. It was under the umbrella of Lead Seven. Um, and that's kind of our, our brand and what people knew us for. Now, I get asked this question all the time, how do you come up with your, your software ideas? And the main kind of answer that I'll always give is that I look at the problems that I have and I look how to solve that problem and I can pretty much bet that if I'm having that problem, most people in this industry would also be having the same problem. Mm -hmm. So with DropMock, um, I'm terrible at graphics and graphics design. I'm also awful at video editing. So DropMock was born initially to enable people to create stunning mock-ups with their own content added at the touch of a button. So before they would need to use something like Photoshop, but now they can actually log into DropMock, choose one of our our mockups and add their own content, their overlay to it just by clicking a button. We then, like I said, because it was a project that we were just solely concentrating on, we added a video element where a person can actually put a video within a video. And how would you do this before? You'd use something like Camtasia or a video editing software, but now literally they can log into the application, choose one of the video scenes and then add the video directly within it. So for instance, you would have uh, a young female actually looking at a laptop and their content would then be actually viewable. And it's kind of video in video as well. So it's all real life. The great thing about what we've been able to do with DropMock as well is that it's not just a software. In the fact that we hire all the models, we book all the venues, we create the storyboards, we have our own videographers. So we actually shoot all the footage and then we bring the footage back, obviously, then enable it to be able to go into DropMock uh, and then actually hand it over to the customer. So it grows every single month. And like I said very early on, the team know exactly what they're going to do month in, month out in another direction. We also and I encourage them to bring ideas to the table. You know, we always want to kind of raise that bar every single month to give different mockups to, to the customers. And that's the great thing. And it's a fun environment. It it really is. Um, It's a very fast-moving environment. But it's a great space to be in, like like we've already mentioned a few times.
1: Now, I know you have done really well at building remote teams from all over the world. But your primary focus is is your team in Manila, Philippines now, correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. So we've got our head offices in Manila. I've been over there quite a few times. And, yeah, it's just a fantastic place to be and the people who are there are, are so friendly, uh, and also the work ethic is, is second to none. Obviously, you have to find the right people, um, but yeah, we have a full team over there, ranging from graphics artists, videographers, support team, um, everything you can think of. We do have other people, like developers all over, all over the world and other team members, but the primary kind of main team as, as such is, is in Manila in our head offices.
1: And what's what's two or three key tips you would recommend listeners say they have a five a high five or a six figure business and they want to grow it into a seven figure business? Uh, what are some tips for team building that you would give those entrepreneurs?
0: Okay, so be consistent and and, and move forward. I see it so happen so many times in the fact that. Somebody will build an e-comm store or, you know, and they'll go to all the actual trouble of building it, stocking it, um, getting suppliers, et cetera, and then trying to make sales and and not kind of getting as many sales as they wanted to. And kind of moving on to the next thing, you know, just leaving it by the wayside. And, and that's a real problem, and it's also a problem if you're trying to grow a team because, you know, if you're consistently jumping from, from thing to, to thing, it is really difficult for them to actually follow. So the consistency needs to be there, and the consistency needs to be moving forward. So that's vastly important for growing any business. And I actually feel that you only need three main things to scale a business, and these are the three main things that, that I have done for scaling my business. Obviously, hard work is not included in this because we all know you have to have hard work. You have to put the work in. It isn't, I mean, I haven't found the four hour week yet, but I'm sure it it is out there. Mm -hmm. So hard work is is without a shadow of a doubt you, you need. Number one, you need to be able to hire the right people for the right job at the right time. Now, that may seem obvious, but so many people will actually hire at the wrong time hire when they should have hired them weeks before or months before and got them familiar with the project, especially if they're going into a launch. Um, also, those team members should be documenting everything. So if they are, have to be kind of, let's say, dismissed or they find a better opportunity or, or, or something like that, then at least somebody else can come into that and then take over from where that person left. So kind of the hiring the right people at the right time for the right job is vitally important. The second part is to actually be able to manage those people. Now, you could have the best people in that industry that you are in, but if they're mismanaged, they aren't going to stick around for long. So you've got to know the strengths. You've also got to know the weaknesses, and that may mean spending a little bit of time with them. However, it goes back to my initial point that if everything is documented from an early stage, you'll easily be able to bring somebody in and they can take up that documentation and start to you know, hit the ground running as such. And the third thing with all of that and building the team and scaling is is networking. You know, you have to be good at networking and networking of people that you want to come and work for your company, networking with other marketers, even networking with, let's say, potential coaches to allow you to be able to scale. Now, I know we kind of touched on the base of how to scale the team, but all those parts will actually allow you to be able to scale your business. And the great thing about that is that while I'm sleeping, OK, or while I was working in the fire service, the work was still being done. So when people say, well, am I at a point where I need to hire somebody? And 99% of the times I would say, yes, you do. And if you think of all the kind of labor intense tasks that you do that take you hours and hours, you know, if you can get somebody to do that and your time would be better spent talking to the customer, bringing in new business, creating that sales video that you are good at or whatever it may be then that's definitely the right time for you to be able to hire people. And like I said, it's a fantastic feeling knowing that when you wake up in the morning, you're not bombarded with support tickets, issues that were kind of dealt with in the night. And you can just concentrate on, on growing that business. So, yeah, kind of went off key a, a little bit, but they're my kind of main points with regards growing a team and scaling a business.
1: Now, Lee, what are some ways that the listeners can... Pick out the right people at the right time, or excuse me, just just what are some ways that you, or some clues or characteristics that you look for in the right people? Yeah,
0: and I I wish I had the perfect answer to this. And a a lot of it is trial and error. With regards, you know, um, what I like to do is, let's say, a position comes up, I'll have an interview of twenty minutes, real fast and short and sharp to the point 20 minutes of an introduction of, of a little bit about me but I want to know as much as I can about that person and back-to-back interviews okay whether it's going to take all day whether it's going to take half a day but literally quick fire interviews with those guys and you want to set questions to ask them um, what I also like to do is before they even come to the interview process is actually set them a challenge so let's say for instance I was bringing somebody in for drop mock I give them access to Dropmark, and I say, look, I want you to create me a mock-up and I want you to actually create me a video mock-up and let me see what you, you can do with that. It's great to have somebody who has an understanding of your product and it's great to know that this person would have no problems in, let's say, being a support worker for that. But the main thing is to obviously get those interviews out straight away and then actually have a second stage of interviews where you're filtering out all the people. What a lot of people will tell you is they'll just keep saying yes, 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 yes to everything. And, uh, you know, even the Filipinos are very good at saying yes and not very good at saying no. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a filtering system in and that can be the short, sharp interviews and also a test procedure, sending them to a second level. The second interview would then be more in depth and that would probably last between 30 minutes and an hour, time dependent on you. What I also do as well, and what I like to do, is hire two people for one position. And I'm honest about it, and I tell to them straight from the beginning, look, we couldn't split you up, and what we're going to do is you're going to both do the same role, and at the end of the trial period, we're going to pick the best one. Wow. Some people may think that's a little bit harsh, okay? but this is your business, Mm -hmm. and ultimately you want to find the right person for the right job. And I always look at everything as a case of, what's going to put more food on my family's table and what's going to take food off my family table. So I've I to put two people against each other than I will do. And you'll see an amazing work ethic when people realize that they're in competition. Okay. And sometimes if we won't let them know there is actually two roles available and we want to see them in their best light. We want to see them under pressure. We want to see how they react. And some people will fold that old saying, you do get the cream to rise. Um, And and that's the way that we do. We also incorporate uh, a trial period and we let them know from the beginning, you know, if there was only one right candidate, okay, so this is going to be a four week trial period. Okay. And then every week we'll have regular appraisals and we'll go through and we'll see how you're doing. And yeah, that's really our process. I'm, I'm very fortunate now that I actually have team members who can do the onboarding process. So we instantly bring them into the team they know their tools that we're going to use so we're using things like asana we're using things like work snaps you know getting to join our slack groups our skype groups everything you can think of chris that you know that we we use um and again that's taken away from me from let's say my head of recruitment or my head of resources and they deal with that but it didn't always obviously have to do everything at the beginning um but this also goes back to that initial point that if it is documented and there is something that somebody can follow, you can easily pass that task over um, to one of your team members.
1: When you put two people up for the job to compete against each other, how long is your quote unquote trial period? Usually about a week. Okay.
0: Uh, Yeah, usually about a week. And again, it it really depends on the level of the job, um, the price that we're paying, and also what we're asking them to do, the complexity of, of the tasks. I think that's
1: genius. On networking, Lee, I, I'm a big fan of networking and I love using strategy with their networking to help grow business and grow networks and, and just meet new people, interesting and amazing people. So I'd love to learn some, some tips that you recommend to the entrepreneurs out there on becoming better networkers.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, it's one of these things with regard to an online business that so many people um, neglect the networking side of it. And it is something that it should be at the top of the list. And for and so people who are thinking, well, you know, how how do we learn all this? How do we know it? Online, an online business is just exactly like a bricks and mortar type business. And I feel strongly when I do webinars, I tell people, you have to serve an apprenticeship. You know, you wouldn't become an electrician and start wiring a house up. You wouldn't become a plumber and start putting a bathroom in, you know, in, in your first weeks. But what we see on Facebook and what we see on social media is all these success stories. So people kind of expect instant success, but they don't see all the graph that's gone in before. They don't see the networking. They don't see going to the events. They don't see joining the Skype groups, the Facebook groups, you know, communicating people, adding value. And that's all part and process of the apprentice stage. The great thing about this industry, though, is that that apprentice stage can be absolutely rapid and you can go from naught to 100 in you know, a matter of months where it would take you years in, let's say, the bricks-and-mortar type business. So strategies with regards marketing or networking, should I say, um, needs to be done straight away. Find a community, get involved with a community. And I can always remember one group that I joined, and somebody told me the exact same thing. You know, I add value, add value, and I'm thinking, well, what value can I add, what value... And um, it was uh, a mastermind group of Facebook marketers and the guys were in there were doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a week on Facebook ads. Wow. And but I'd been told that I had to do value. So I actually ended up just putting um, how to boost a post something crazy, something really easy. And it, it was crazy that I did that. But what it actually did, it got people talking to me and it got people communicating and I understand that I was a, you know, a fish completely out of water but it also showed me how to, you know, communicate with people, message people, not just hit people but when you want something. That's a big no-no, and it's, it's an unfortunate part of the industry. In you never hear from people unless they want something off you, and you know it's a two-way street. I appreciate that. But start networking now. Start going to the events. um The events are, are, are really critical if you want to meet people in person and. I would sometimes even say, I don't know what you think yourself, Chris, but sometimes the events we don't get a lot of value there from um, what we're actually listening to. But it's more the deals that are made with the people that you meet, and and that's a, a big thing. One of the things that I used to do as well, I used to kind of weave in the person's content into my messages. So, for instance, if I knew they'd just done a big launch or something like that, I'd reach out and say, hey, fantastic. What are those results? Absolutely amazing. I'd love to connect with you at some time if you could spare me time. And a lot of people will ignore you, okay, but that's part and parcel of this, this apprenticeship that we're learning. You know, you're going to get a lot of doors kind of shut in your face, but it's that consistency, Of keep going and going and going and your network will evolve it'll grow bigger for instance Chris I I didn't know you um up until two months ago but it was introduced by another um you know friend that we have in in common so that's how how it builds and last thing on that it is a little bit like at the beginning that apprenticeship is like you're pushing a boulder up a hill Mm -hmm. and it is you're using all your strength and sometimes it rolls back on you and you've just got to get up and push it eventually you'll start to get flat okay so it'll be flat and the boulder will start to roll a lot easier and everything will become easier and then lo and behold you have that tipping point where you want to hit those seven figures those eight figures and that boulder then starts to roll downhill okay and the next thing is to actually stop that boulder (laughs) Um, but it does get easier it really does
1: i agree Lee, you mentioned some events and going to events and connecting with other entrepreneurs and kind of the key aspects is connection part, maybe even more so than the education or the material that's being presented. So I'm curious, do you have any events that you go to regularly every year that you recommend
0: yeah, um, I, I do attend um, the events. regularly. I mean, they're more in my my space, like internet marketing space. So you're likes of people who do launches on JVZoo and on the Warrior Forum, um, and it's more the case of the other networkers that I need to communicate with because they're ultimately driving traffic to to my products. Um, I'm actually sponsoring an event in Orlando in September, um, which is the UK Marketing Summit is actually going over. To Orlando, and I'm actually sponsoring that event. Um, so if anybody did want to come along to that, I'll happily uh, introduce you to, to how you're able to do that. But I think it's important to invest in your business, and that investment may mean traveling. Okay, it may mean hopping on a plane. It may mean going out of out of your town. But that investment for me will be paid back five x, ten x, just because of that principle of these people when you do reach out to them in a later day and said, Hey, you know, we had a beer. Hey, we grabbed a coffee together. It's Lee. Can you remember? And you know, you're grabbing people's business cards. So the main thing with all of this is look at the industry that you want to be in, or are you already in and look where the influences are going to be. Look where the main guys are going to be. And you know, we, we, we shout about this. We tell people on social media and that comes back to the, the networking, networking with the right people. And start to hang out with those people where those people hang out. Couldn't agree more.
1: Lee, I would love to keep this going, but we're going to have to wrap up because of time, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of your wisdom with us. I really appreciate you and I really appreciate your time. So thank you so much.
0: No problem. Thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate it. And thanks for anybody who is listening to this.
1: Lee, one more thing. If the listeners want to reach out, where's the best place they can learn more about you and what you have going on?
0: Yeah, um, social media, Facebook, or they can happily reach out to me uh, via email or even over at dropmock.com. But yeah, my email is Lee at lead7.com. Happily would connect with anybody.
1: Perfect. And listeners, we want to thank you guys for joining us once again. We'll sign off there and see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day-to-day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.